0: Welcome, everyone, to Couch Potato Diary Part 3. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, Part 1 of this was about the James Harden trade and tonight's Major League Baseball game between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks as we get ready for Game 5 of the World Series. Part two focused all on the National Football League, and now part three we are looking at the CFL as well as a busy day in the National Hockey League. As always, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you can find me on social media: Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, Twitch.tv/PrimetimePK, and you can email the show Couch Potato Diary at yahoo.com. My dog is sneezing. The show is going to be so good. Uh, let's get into CFL power rankings. All right, it is the final CFL Power Rankings for the year. We begin at 9 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Again, just a disaster of a season out in Regina. Um that there isn't a whole lot else to say. I ranted about this last week. If you want to see that, I put them all up all, all over social media. It, it's a bad football team. Um, it's one that now going into this offseason, there aren't a whole lot of spots where you can say, oh yeah, no, they're fine. Um, th- there's a lot that needs to be worked on with this Saskatchewan Rough Riders group, and we will see what they end up coming up with. Um, at eight, it is Ottawa. I do think they have something in the quarterback with Crum. Um, I, I think there are a couple of pieces to, to maybe build around at the, the uh, around that young quarterback. So I think there should be a bit of optimism out in Ottawa going into next season. A ton of optimism with our number seven team, the Edmonton Elks. Trey Ford comes in and helps turn this team around. Now it's time to build around a really dynamic quarterback and help take this team to the next level. You saw with the battle for the final playoff spot in the West. It's not going to take much to finish third in the West next year. So I think Edmonton has to be one of the early favorites to, to do that uh, if they can build around this young quarterback. Now we get to the playoff teams. At six, it is the Calgary Stampeders. Look, they're coming off of uh, a couple of very big wins, but the only reason they were able to have those big wins um, mean something is because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders really stumbled down the stretch. Calgary is a very flawed team. I I don't think they have had a very good year. Six and twelve would tell you just that. But they're going into a matchup against BC um, f- with a game plan that worked a couple of weeks ago, a- and we will see what the run game looks like now uh, after they just ran it down B- these, uh, BC's throat a week ago or a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we'll see what Jake Mayer does. But I-, I think there's there's at least a touch of optimism around that this Stampeders team going into the matchup against BC. At five, it is Hamilton. That um, they've come up with some big wins they're going to use two quarterbacks this week which I never like. I feel like that kind of takes you takes a quarterback out of a rhythm. That if if this was an effective way of doing it, everyone would. So I don't like Hamilton's idea of going with the two quarterbacks, but we'll see if it works. Um but they've come up with some big wins. But at four, it's it's Montreal. We had John Hodge on earlier this week and he pointed out against the non-Toronto Winnipeg and BC's of the world, Montreal's 11 and 0. It's just they lost 7 to to Montreal Toronto. And uh, and Winnipeg, this is. It's a good football team. It's not a great football team, but it's been a good bounce back year for Cody Fajardo, who proved that he can, for the most part, stay healthy and help lead a team back into the postseason. He now has a home playoff date going up against Hamilton. And now the top three, as they've been all year: BC at three, Winnipeg at two, and Toronto is the number one team going into the postseason. BC has a lot of questions that need to be answered if they are going to to upset Winnipeg and move on to the Grey Cup out in Hamilton. Things are set up very well for. Toronto right now as the the Grey Cup is going to be played in their home province. Um, I don't know how well Argos fans travel, but they're not going to have to travel much if this team does get to the the Grey Cup and Winnipeg, they are just a team that has been there before. I think a lot of people have kind of written this team off as maybe being a bit old and over the hill, but this is a a Winnipeg team that has roughly stayed intact or a lot of key pieces have stayed intact from a team that has uh, a couple of Grey Cups under their belt and uh, even more Grey Cup appearances. So It's going to be a fun stretch. Playoff time in the CFL is always just the best, man. Um, And it's been fun getting ready for Grey Cup week in a couple of weeks. So that is the story from the CFL. Let's get ready for tonight's Calgary Flames game. The Flames look to end their five-game losing streak when they take on the Dallas Stars tonight at Scotiabank Saddledome. Calgary coming back indoors after a loss outside to Edmonton. And it's a big night for the Flames. As former first-round pick, I guess you're always a first-round pick, uh, connor Azari is making his National Hockey League debut. Nine assists, one goal in six games in the American Hockey League. He's going to be tasked with trying to provide a bit of a dynamic approach to an offense that is stale and bad right now in Calgary that they are not generating anything. Um, it doesn't look like there's any system at all that there's a lot to not be happy about out in Calgary right now. We'll see if Connor Zari can come in and ju- just save the future uh, of the franchise. That's basically all you're trying to do. Uh, we talk about this a lot on Sportsnet 960, but th- this is this is a player, um, that I-, I think it's a positive that he's getting called up. I just like that you just put the best 12 forwards out there on a 9 and 90 basis um regardless of veteran status or whatever um he is going to help out an offense that desperately needs the help so this is a a really good boost i think for calgary and we'll see what they do with it tonight obviously if you listen to part 1 i picked dallas to win this game by a couple of goals but Well, we'll see if Zari can give this team a bit of a boost. Because we saw last year when they played their best was when some young kids came in and gave them a spark. Um, Other things to watch for tonight, Calgary has given up way too many on-man rushes lately. If they do that against Dallas, they are going to get their asses beat tonight. This is a really talented, really good Dallas Stars team that um, if Calgary isn't on top of their game, Dallas will just absolutely bury them tonight. And for a Calgary team that has struggled to score goals, going up against Jake Ottinger, isn't the best way to remedy that. So we'll see how Calgary can do in that situation tonight. But in their end, Jacob Markstrom has been really good between the pipes. And I think Flames fans should re- feel real positive about the development of their goalie. So I made the pick already. I think Dallas runs away with this one a little bit. But I do wonder if we see a bit more of a competitive Flames team, something they can build on going into Saturday against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, if you think it's crazy in Calgary, let's talk about Ottawa. So a lot has gone on with the Ottawa Senators, even since I started recording about an hour and a half ago. um, They were stripped of a first-round pick. They had the choice to make that a 24, 25, or 26 first-round pick. Uh, because Pierre Dorian did not tell the Vegas Golden Knights that um, Evgeny Dadanov had a 10-team no-trade clause when he was moved from Ottawa to the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas tried to shed some salary. They were like, hey, we're trading you to Anaheim, and he was like, no, you're not, and that is a big problem. Um, apparently, there's been an investigation going on, and uh, it's been found that the Ottawa Senators were negligent in their duties of telling the Vegas Golden Knights what they could and could do with the player. Because of this, uh, Ottawa has been stripped of a first-round pick. And while we've been recording, the Ottawa Senators have fired their general manager, Pierre Dorian, or at least he is. Re- I guess he's resigned, um, is the official way of going about this. But they have a new GM, uh, interim GM is Steve staos. He was brought in as president of Hockey Ops about a month ago. There's a lot of layers to this. One, it is obviously very frustrating that a hockey team gets a more severe punishment for... Uh, a bit of, na- no, I don't want to say a bit of negligence, but for this, then they do for what the Chicago Blackhawks did in hiding a gigantic sexual assault uh, scandal and protecting the predators in that and not the victims in it. And uh, Chicago just gets a money fine, whereas a, a from a real-life hockey perspective, this is a gigantic blow to the Ottawa Senators and the Blackhawks basically came away from it um, untouched. So that... It's obviously very frustrating, and there's no justification for it. um that this is a league that has priorities extremely backwards. Their way of handing out punishments is not um consistent even a little bit, and they they kind of just do what they want all the time and it's incredibly 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 frustrating from an Ottawa Senators standpoint this is a huge blow right like it's something that happened a couple of years ago so it's surprising that it is coming up now and for a team that is kind of felt like for the last couple of years they've been on the cusp of being able to do some big things they now have uh one less asset to work with from a trade standpoint and look like from a trading standpoint um you really can't use your next three draft picks in trades because they're going to be hung up in this whole thing. Um, so that's frustrating for sure. And like it, it sets teams back quite a bit when you miss on your first round pick to not even get your first round pick can really set a, a franchise back especially one that's gonna that has some big tickets on the books already and is going to be looking to, to add maybe a, a few more as this team starts to progress you need those players on entry level contracts the best place to get them is in the first round and Ottawa f- at least once in the next three years isn't going to be able to do that so it, from a sense standpoint uh, it's incredibly frustrating that this whole thing is going on from Pierre Dorian's standpoint like th- this is it's very clear this was something you, you can't have happen and while he has done a good job of accumulating talent out in Ottawa he's also mismanaged the salary cap now in a way that has been a hindrance to this team for a, a big part of the offseason and then affected them on opening night in, in the regular season so I I I think that this is kind of a means to an end. It's sounding like, because this is all happening in a month under Ann Lauer, right? Like, it's been a wild time out in Ottawa. They they get a new owner. Shane Pinto gets suspended 41 games for uh, activities pertaining to sports betting or whatever. Um, and then Thomas Shabbat breaks his hand. He's out for months. And then this whole thing happens. And it sounds like Ann Lauer was unaware at the time of what was happening, which it just sounds super shady that this is going on. Like, it's... I don't know what kind of due diligence goes into spending billions of dollars on a hockey team. That That's probably not a burden I'm going to have to carry at any point in my life. But it feels like this was something the NHL should have given him a heads-up on when all of this was going down. And um, and Lauer is clearly upset about that, and I think rightfully so. You're spending a lot of money in this investment to... Uh, Try to help keep this team in Ottawa and make this thing be successful. And then it's, oh, by the way, we have two things that are going to dramatically shape the future of your franchise coming up. So just, you know, a heads up. um, Would have probably definitely been the better thing to do and uh, almost seems like the legal thing to do. But it's a dumpster fire out in Ottawa. Uh, the, The team on the ice is playing fine, but holy hell is it just wild behind the scenes with the Ottawa Senators and I think Sens fans today have every right to be really frustrated with what has happened uh, over the last few weeks with with Uh, regards to their franchise so uh that's going to do it for this one today and for all of wednesday thank you all so much for tuning in uh if you missed part one or part two they're available wherever you are consuming this bit of content uh rate review subscribe if you are listening in podcast form like and subscribe if you are watching this video share it with your friends leave a comment all that stuff really really does help um Coming up tomorrow on the show, it is NFL Power Rankings Day. I'm going to watch Game 5 of the World Series. We will have a breakdown of that, uh, and we'll be starting to get ready for a weekend of football. So it should be a fun show. Thank you all so much. Find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show, Diary, at yahoo.com. Talk to you all tomorrow. I'm out.